Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, hey, church, welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast here. This is our first episode here of the of the new year of 2022. So uh, welcome here and uh, excited to jump back in on the podcast here with you as we as we just chew on uh, God's word and, and create a dialogue around God's word here together. Um, uh, today, the for the podcast here today and for next week, we're going to do a, a, a unique sort of two off week um approach here where I really want to just uh, create a conversation around the the spiritual discipline of prayer. Uh, here uh, this morning, uh, Pastor Wayne was in Acts chapter Acts chapter 12 and um, and one of the things that we saw we saw we saw the imprisonment of Peter, we saw the martyrdom of James and I'm one of the things that, that, that Wayne said I just absolutely loved I thought was so critically important for us to hear as Christians and as and as a church. One is that God is always good. And Wayne created this slide where he had the, the blue line of God's goodness and sovereignty and, and God's good purposes that are that are constantly advancing forward. And and then above the above the blue line he had this green this green plus mark. And um and in that he noted that there were uh, that there are positive things, good things that we would attribute or be excited uh, about. And we we, we can often, you know, only see God's goodness in those things. And then below the line, uh, the, there was the red, uh, the red negative mark, and it was, um, or, or the minus mark there, and it was that there were bad things. And he, he connected it to the passage, right? So we see the martyrdom of James. That's a, that's, a, that's a sad thing. That's not something that anybody is rejoicing in. And then we see the word of God increase, right? That's a, that's a great thing. That's a wonderful thing. And yet through all of it, uh, God's good plan prevails, and it's it's just a miraculous wonder and gracious gift that that even in the hardships of our life, as Paul says in Romans chapter eight, that God can work uh, all things for the good of those who love Him. Right? That God can take the things of our lives that we feel are unredeemable or so broken that no good could ever come from them, but there is something mysteriously beautiful and wonderful. That in the economy of God, that in the kingdom of God, he can take the things that we would look at in our lives and say, there's, there's nothing that can, uh, nothing good can come from that. And yet he can still work it for our good and his glory. That doesn't mean that it takes away all the pain of that moment or that thing that we're going through or wrestled through or have walked through. Um, but it means that, that it wasn't for nothing and that in God's kingdom, he can bring about eternally good things from it. Now, uh, as Wayne traced that, he, he encouraged us to look towards God's, uh, the good plans of God that keep moving forward in our lives. Um, he also encouraged us with the, with the truth that we need to draw near to the source. We need to draw nearer to God each and every day. And, and, and that's really what I want to, I want to encourage us as we, as we have this conversation here for, on the podcast for this episode and our next episode to just examine the spiritual discipline of prayer a little bit here together. If you uh, if you follow, if you get our weekly newsletter that comes out on Fridays, the weekly highlights, you'll you'll know that this last Friday I began a series, a four week series on on prayer, and we're gonna each Friday coming up, we're gonna take um, one portion of a of a 
a formula for prayer, the ACTS formula for prayer. Um, it stands for adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And we're going to look at each one of those in the weeks that come along. And so I want to take the podcast and the podcast here this week and next week and really kind of dive into or just talk briefly about, about prayer. Because one of the things in, in the passage here this morning, as Pastor Wayne noted, was in uh, chapter 12 here, verse 5, we, we see that James has been martyred. Herod uh, is in power and he's, he's drunk with power and he's abusing his power, and, um, which, is a, which is a normal first century experience, right? Um, the the you know, leaders that are uh, tempered, well-tempered, even-tempered, even-keeled, um, that's not that's not a historical uh, well really it's a historical anomaly right we see leaders who are far more um, uh, you know they are consumed with the whims of their power and they are driven by extremes of power not by good governance or good guidance or or by moderation no historically people who abuse power uh, that's the historical norm for leadership. Uh, and so that's what we see Herod is doing here, right? He's operating in the ways of the world that he must retain power at all costs. And so he has he has James, uh, the brother of John, uh, the sons of Zebedee, sons of thunder. James has been, um, he's been martyred. He's been killed. He was uh, killed by a sword. And uh, whether that means, as Wayne noted, whether he was beheaded or he's run through, either way, we don't, we don't know. Luke doesn't tell us. Uh, but what happens here is that Herod is asserting his power, and he's arrested Peter. He's, he's killed James. He's arrested Peter. And, and what does the church do in the, in the face of this hardship? Well, verse 5. So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer. And if you've been walking with us through our series on Acts, prayer is not a, it's not an uncommon thing. In fact, if we, if we begin to trace it through, we see it's one of the primary responses by the people of God, by the church in the book of Acts. They pray before great movements of God. They pray in the face of hardship. They pray to praise God for who he is. Uh, prayer is a normal reflex for the early church. And as Wayne encouraged us today to draw nearer to God, to draw nearer to the source so that we can begin to more keenly see God's good purposes prevailing in our lives as that blue line keeps moving forward, God's purposes, his good purposes keep moving forward in our lives. Um, one of the ways that we draw near to God is through prayer. Right? We, we have a life question here at Christ Community to help us to answer Am I following Jesus in a life-defining way? One of our life questions that helps us to answer that is, is God's Spirit flowing through me? And so prayer is one of the ways that God's Spirit flows through us. Prayer is, at its most basic level, a conversation with our Heavenly Father. And here's a really good news, is that our Heavenly Father wants to hear from us. He wants to be engaged in this, in, in a conversation. He wants to talk to us. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to listen to him, and he listens to us in return as well. Um, and, and so there's this, there's this wonderful gift here that it's not, prayer is not something that God is, uh, that he's, you know, he's remiss to do, or he's, it, it, it's plan C in his book. Oh, I guess I got to go listen to my, you know, my children, and they, you know, I got to go have a conversation with them. No, it's, it's plan A. It's a thing that God desires greatly in our lives. And we see that reflected here in the early church, simply in their faithful response to pray. 
And again, as Peter is put in prison, uh, it looks like the end for Peter. We know what happened to James here. We know what happens in the first century with with Roman uh, appointed leaders. They are not kind to the church. And, And so the church, they respond with prayer, earnest, expectant, faithful prayer. Now, I love uh, the theologian pastor, Rich Velotis. I saw him this week. He posted this note about prayer on his social media, and he said, he said, when I, I used to feel like a bad Christian when I would get distracted in prayer. I don't know if you've ever been there. If you've sat down to pray and, and you get distracted, right? We don't, we, everything else of our day begins to flood into our minds. Um, he goes, but then I realized it's not, it's not that I'm a bad Christian, it's that I'm a, a normal person. <laughs> I love that because it's so freeing for us, uh, right? Th- there are barriers to prayer in our lives. And then if we want to become a people who are earnest in prayer, right? Just like the first century, the church in the first century, the early church, we need to, we need to understand the barriers that come up in our lives that want to prevent us from praying. And I think, honestly, distraction is one of those barriers. And we can feel bad about it. We can feel like we're not doing something right or we're not spiritual enough, right? If I was just, if I was just more spiritually mature or more spiritually gifted or, or whatever it is, um, th- then I wouldn't be distracted in prayer. And yet, that that's a common experience for every single one of us. And so that's why I love formulas um, like the Acts prayer model. It helps me to stay focused in prayer. It helps me to draw near to God in, in that conversation because I am prone to being distracted. And so, again, the, the formula here for prayer with, within the Acts model is just this. Where there's, there's four parts. It's adoration then confession, then thanksgiving, and then supplication or request. And you allow that model to, to just give you a, a formula to follow in your prayer life. Um, and, and I think the, the beautiful thing about this is that when we begin to step into something like this, and let me just share, this is what I've experienced. This is my own growth in prayer, is that as I, as I follow those formulas, or this formula specifically of, of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication, one, it helps me to resist being distracted. But two, it also helps me not just to be dis- to resist distraction of the things that are going on in my own life, but helps me to be present to my Heavenly Father, more present to my Heavenly Father. And it alleviates, it honestly, it alleviates the, uh, the, the in, you know, in, inferior feelings that I get when it's like, I only have 10 minutes to pray or five minutes to pray. I don't have 45 minutes to, to spend in prayer. Um, but when I can walk through those four movements of prayer, man, that's a gift, right? And I'm able to draw near to God. Actually, what I find is that I'm more prayerfully attuned to God throughout my entire day in little moments. And, and, and so I, I increase the joy of fellowship with my Father. Um, so it helps me to stay focused. It helps me to be present to God. But it also, it also alleviates that feeling of being inferior. Man, I didn't give an hour. I didn't give 45 minutes. I didn't give 90 minutes. Really spiritual people, man, they take two hours to pray or whatever it is. We, we hype those things up in our minds. And so I love little formulas like the Acts formula that helps us to stay focused, but also to be encouraged to say, oh, I walk through each of these movements and what I, what I see and experience in my life is it helps me focused uh, throughout the day 
on God and on his presence and on the voice of his spirit. I'm learning to hear the voice of his spirit more and more throughout the little moments of my day. I I think that, again, what I want to encourage us as a church, as a body of of believers, as Christians who are growing and trying to be more and more like Christ, of how can we draw near to Christ? How can we draw near uh, to the source? How can the spirit be flowing through us? And so each week here on Fridays, we're going we're gonna to just take uh, one portion of those, uh, the Acts prayer model there and just explore it a little bit and encourage you uh, to take a step in that week to incorporate, incorporate that portion of the prayer model into your prayer life. Right? Um, it's not that all of a sudden you got to go from no prayer to 45 minutes of prayer. No, it's that we want to take faithful, consistent steps. Right. So if you don't find yourself uh, being intentional at this point with prayer, well, take two to five minutes, uh, three times a week to be intentional with prayer. That's a huge step forward. Um, you know, if you're already finding yourself, well, I spend 10 to 15 minutes a day in prayer. That's that's phenomenal. Uh, what's one more step you can take uh, to, to hone that that prayer life? And and so the beautiful part here is that is I just the, today here on the podcast, let's talk through adoration and confession for just a moment. Um, the beautiful thing about adoration, that first movement of the Acts prayer model, is simply that it gets our eyes off of ourselves. Um, there is a time in the model for request, supplication. It comes at the end. God tells us that we are to that we are to ask Him. Right? He loves us. He is our good. He's our a good heavenly Father. Um, you know, He says, "If you ask for if you ask for bread, I'm not going to give you a rock." <laughs> you know, um, and, and so God wants us to ask. God wants us to come to Him with that with that uh, posture of expectancy and trust that He can deliver our needs. Um, but the beautiful thing of the Acts prayer model is it begins with God. It begins with adoration to God about who he is. And that's really what adoration is. It's a conversation of worship. It's a it's a proclamation of praise to God about who he is, right? You're not having to make anything up. You're just simply um, praising God for who he is in his glory and his majesty and his sovereignty. And this last week on the on the email, uh, on the newsletter there, uh, I encourage us, look at, look at Job. Uh, we we can see in you know, chapters um, thirty five through forty two there is the there are these be- this, this really intense conversation uh, between Job and God where God is asking Job all these questions, um, but in that we see we see all of these things that we can give God adoration for right where we can praise Him. Um, he is the one who knows where the storehouses of snow are right. He is the one who is the author of creation. He is the one who is lovingly kind and patient and gracious, right? We, we can praise God for who he is and how we've experienced him in our lives. And I love that the beginning of the Acts prayer model starts there because it takes the posture of prayer off of ourselves, right? It takes it away from uh, our eyes, away from ourselves and puts them squarely on who God is. Because in prayer, when we come to God in prayer, there's, a, there's an under the waterline confession about prayer. And that is that we are only praying to God because at some level we are convinced that we are insufficient, right? If I was completely sufficient, if I was completely able, then I would not need to go to God in prayer. I would just take care of it. 
but when we go in prayer, we are, uh, whether we realize it or not, whether it's it's a subconscious confession or under the waterline confession, um, it, it's true and it's real and it's present uh, for us because we're going to God. And what we're saying to God is, you are stronger than I am. You are more wise than I am. You are more capable than I am. You you are filled with goodness. In fact, goodness is your very nature. While while it's not it's not the heart of my nature, right? We're we're confessing that we are at some level insufficient, and God is far more sufficient than we are. And, and so, what a beautiful moment to begin our prayer lives or our conversation with God each day, uh, or, or strategically through the week. Uh, by praising God for who he is. And that's really what adoration is. It's praising God for who he is, attributes about who he is. And, and so uh, I think, again, that's a, that's a wonderful part of it. And I want to encourage you, if you take, take one step here this week of just leaning into adoration and, and just watch how that movement gets your eyes off of yourself and transfixes them on Jesus and on, on our Father in heaven, and just how that changes our perspective as we begin to enter into a day or enter into situations that are hard and challenging. Um, we worship a God who's the author of creation. We worship a God who lacks for no resources. We worship a God who can rescue his people out of Egypt. We worship a God who loves us so much that he sent his one and only son so that we could be invited into his family. That's the God we go to in prayer. And that's why it's so important to start with uh, adoring God um, from, the, from the beginning of our, of our prayer life. And then we move to confession. And confession is this really important movement um, where it's, it, it's, a, it's a moment of, of self-examination. And really when we move into confession, confession can feel kind of ominous. It can feel kind of uncomfortable when we begin this rhythm of confession uh, to God. Uh, but really what happens is it's, it's, you know, when you have your best friend and you can be completely vulnerable to them and in front of them and with them, there is a freedom and an intimacy that is unlocked in that relationship. And that is exactly what confession does for us with God. It, it, it in every way possible breaks down the walls and the pretenses between us and God. Right? We don't have to pretend that we have it all together. Uh, we don't have to pretend that we have to win God's favor. No, his, his favor has been given to us through Jesus. And, and so when we come to confession, we're able to say, not just God, let me confess the things that I know that I've done uh, that have not pleased you. Uh, and let me let me offer a heart of repentance. And repentance really means that we, we see what we have done that was wrong or didn't do that was right. And we say, I'm going to turn and go the other way. I'm going to turn and, and walk in righteousness. I'm going to I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wholeheartedly, um, you know, give up on doing that wrong thing, that sinful thing, that that broken thing, or I'm gonna wholeheartedly give uh, give into uh, doing that righteous thing, right? So we are walking away from serving ourselves to serving Jesus, and that's what repentance is. It's a 180 degree turn, and so as we confess that to God, we're able to say, Hey, I'm all in on your kingdom. I'm all in on your truth and on your precepts and principles, but we also allow. Uh, for God to speak to us and, and for God to uncover in us 
what he wants to do. He wants to continue to transform us. He wants to continue um, uh, to work in us and change us more and more into the image of his son. And so part of the way that he does that is through calling us out of our sin and up into righteousness. And that's, that's the purpose of confession. So it's not just to berate ourselves or to be belittled by God. God does not belittle us in prayer. But it's a chance for us to go, Father, I know I missed the mark here. Uh, and Father, would you expose, would you help me to see where I missed the mark, right? So that we can glorify God. The other really beautiful thing about confession is not just for us to have to confess our own sins, right? Where we're spending, you know, 20 minutes just confessing how horrible we are. And we, we walk away from prayer feeling depressed and, you know, uh, just sort of like, man, there's, there's nothing good about me. Uh, when that's not the purpose of confession. The purpose of confession is to draw us into this intimacy and this safety with God that we can then uh, begin to see how much we've grown in Christ. And, and so um, what we... What we, the other beautiful thing about confession is that we can also confess uh, brokenness about the world around us to God, right? So do you ever feel powerless about injustice or do you ever feel um, lost as to what to do with the brokenness when confronted with the brokenness of the world? Well, there's this prayer of confession called lament. And in lament, it's actually this, this prayer of protest where we are protesting the brokenness of this world and of this age. And God actually wants us to do that. God wants us to come to him and he wants us to lament, to grieve, to protest the brokenness of this age because his heart is also broken at the brokenness, right? God is grieved over injustice. And so when we when we step into that, uh, specifically through a confession style called lament, that we now are participating with God in, in, in this world. We're participating with the heart of God. We're participating uh, with the emotions of God. We're, we're, we're participating uh, w- with God that he is also grieving over this brokenness. And God, in that, as we participate with God in that, again, he softens our hearts. He forms us into the image of his son. And, and, and lament is such an important uh, concept in the kingdom, uh, in the kingdom of God, that there's a whole there's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations, right? And and really, Lamentations again is this is this focus about uh, protesting the brokenness of this age. And so, confession doesn't just simply have to be about me sitting down with a laundry list of things that I've done wrong or right things that I've not done and giving them all to God. Um, that's part of it, but confession is also this process of lament where we protest the brokenness of this age um, to God. We say, God, um, how long, O Lord, will you wait to come back? How long, O Lord, will you wait uh, to to have healing on on, uh, the widows and on the orphans, right? Um, We we could take any number of of tragedy or any number of of broken thing, injustice in this world, and we can say, God, you do not... You do not desire uh, people to be uh, abusive to one another. You do not desire for people to give preference over others. Uh, God, you do not desire um, for famines or wars or uh, natural disasters. God, you do not desire these things. Um, and so, God, would you come back? Would you rescue us? Would you would you bring righteousness fully and completely? Would your kingdom come completely, not just in part? And so in lament, we can actually confess the brokenness of this world to God. And in that, we participate in his grieving over the brokenness. And we do that 
with a trust and a hope because God's word promises us that God will restore all broken things. Revelation chapter 21 and 22, when Jesus comes back, we live in the now and we yearn for the not yet of the kingdom, right? We, we experience God's change and, and, and new life in part here and now, and yet we are waiting for Jesus to come back so that we will be brought fully into the kingdom and to experience the fullness of life in Christ when 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 Jesus comes back and he he has right he has justice over every unjust thing that has ever has ever happened and so confession again is it, it, part of it is yes me confessing my life and my sins but it's also a uh, a prayer of lament a prayer of protest um, to grieve the brokenness of this world with God as he as he grieves it as well and so there's there's just really beauty there's some beauty in prayer here and so uh, again I would encourage you with this uh, lean into the uh, the reflections here on each Friday in January as we lean into prayer uh, and the reason we want to lean into prayer is because we want to we want God's Spirit to flow through us so that we can lean into and experience a, a more intimate presence with God. And if you feel distracted in prayer, do not feel bad. That does not make you a bad Christian. That makes you a normal human being. So lean into a a formula for prayer like Acts uh, to help you stay focused and be present to God. I know it's something that helps me immensely. Well, thanks for joining us here on the podcast this week. And uh, we'll continue our conversation on prayer here next week.